Most of the time, we review books that we really like here on The Book Boys. Other times, we review books that stink. And when a book really stinks, we get fussy. So this is a warning that sometimes we'll swear on this podcast, or sometimes the material that we're reviewing will be adult in nature. So keep that in mind as you listen to this week's episode. I love that we're looking over these big, thick walls. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we're playing a... Battleship. Battleship. Yeah, exactly. <gasps> oh, no. The cat. Oh, it's the cat. I thought you said another bee. Hey, little man. No, it's the cat. Oh, he's... He doesn't like you being in the house. Well, what's he going to do about it? I don't know. Ben! What? <laughs> I hate that you're squatting. You're making a big show out of how weird this is with the big walls. I recently just bought uh, uh, sound gates. That's what they're called. Yeah. Because we're getting an echo on our recording, and I'm trying to prevent that from happening. Got anything new going on in your life this week, Ben? That's not your business. <laughs> Do you got anything uh, involving work, maybe? God knows you love to talk about that. No, it's the same. How is it that we're getting uh, out of COVID? Our lives should be far more exciting, and we've yeah. got nothing to say. Okay. I don't know. How's that job search going for you, buddy? I uh, got laid off about four months ago from a company I worked at for about four years. Then I spent this whole time saying, I don't know if I want a job, and how am I going to figure out how to never have to have a job again? So that was going back and forth. I uh, spent all my time on Twitter uh, with podcast stuff and uh, was finally living the life I was always meant to live. And then my old job called and said, hey, are you unemployed? And I said, yeah. And they said, uh, we got to basically your old job positions open. Do you want to come back? I uh, decide. All right, fine. I miss the money. Uh, I got stuff I want to do around the house. So I'm going to I guess I'm going to take it if they offer it. And then I started kind of getting ready, like, oh, well, then I could do this, and I could buy this kind of thing, and whatever. So I'm kind of like, suddenly my mind's getting set on it. Like, if they take me back, uh, this is it, I'm all in. Got together with my sister and my brother-in-law on a Saturday night, and we walked down to this distillery where they make real fancy uh, hard liquor drinks that are goddamn delicious. And they said, uh, you, you're basically just going to suck their dicks, huh, to get that job. And, uh, and I was pretty proud of myself. I came up with the line that I used on you earlier that you didn't respond to very well. Uh, yeah, there won't be a dry dick in the place when I'm done. Because uh, I like the idea that it's like a dry eye in the house. That it's uh, as if I, I can make penises feel emotions and cry. So that's kind of what I'm planning on doing. Oh, that's not how I... Okay, that's not well, how I interpret that. It? They're just going to be... They weren't going to be dry because they were being covered in your saliva. That's what I thought you meant. Well, there's that, too. Okay. But also, like, a dry eye in the house, that old phrase. Yeah. <sighs> Can't believe my jokes are going over your head, then. <laughs> I mean, they're getting complex. I spend a lot of time alone, so I sit here and just work these things in my mind over and over. But, uh, so, yeah, I think on Tuesday, I don't know, it's in my calendar. I got to figure out what day it is, but uh, I'm going to be interviewing. Wait, that, that's tomorrow. Oh, crap, you're right. Probably Wednesday. I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> so I guess I'm going to go back to work at the place that laid me well, off. <laughs> let's back up here. They have to offer it to you. Not, you still have to go through the process. Don't, yeah, don't get but I'm, I'm just meeting with one guy. So to begin with, they already know if they want to hire me or not. And so even, I don't know. I, I think it would be weird if they made me do the dance of uh, interviewing and then said, I don't know if Glenn's the right fit. 
even though I've worked with them for a year. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. it's either I'm just getting it or I don't know. Maybe I mean, there's some game playing. They, they didn't keep you around, so. Yeah, it works. Oh, go on, Ben. Ask me if my dryer works. Nope. <laughs> you got nothing else? Eh, not really. I, again, this whole weekly cadence for us is its a bit much. I mean, not that much happens in a typical week, apparently. Well, things happen if you think about it. So when I got together with my sister and my brother-in-law, we walked down to one distillery that's nearby my house. And like I told you earlier, it was full of beautiful young 20-somethings wearing, women were wearing nice uh, blouses. What do women wear when they're dressing up? Gowns? Were they wearing <laughs> gowns? I... They were dressed really nice. And the men were literally wearing like suits. On or... a Saturday? Yes. In Minnesota? Yes. Weird. I don't know. If you go inside this place, so it's like this little warehouse area of where I live, which is on the other side of the train track, so it's very much warehousey, and it's usually been for actual industrial stuff. Suddenly, for some reason, we got a wine shop that's open, uh, and you can go in and sit down and get different kinds of wines that they make themselves. You got one distillery, which is the one I'm talking about, which is like super fancy on the inside. You go in there, and everything's like black wood and steel and beautiful mood lighting and crystal. It's just weird. Filled! Beautiful young people. Which is why they didn't let you in. That's what I'm completely believing. Like when I walked in and they said, oh, you got a reservation? And I said, no, Uh, but there's just three of us. And I look over at the bar and there's like nine empty seats at the bar. The other tables had people in it and stuff. So it wasn't like packed, packed, but it was, you know. And uh, they said, sorry, we don't get any room. And I looked at the bar and I go, there's room at the bar. Can we just sit at the bar if we don't have a reservation? Nope, sorry, no room. And I was like, wow. And so turned around and left. And it dawned on me, oh, we're all old and gross. And that's why we got kicked out. Plus, we were not dressed really nice. We were just sweaty because it was warm out. Maybe uh, maybe you made a little bit of an effort sometime on your appearance. Maybe you'd get places. I didn't think I had to, like, be in a suit just to be prepared for opportunities where suits are required. I just thought, oh, this place is in a warehouse area of my neighborhood. Uh, But apparently they've created a small bubble of uh, exclusivity. I said that, uh, that uh, I wasn't aware existed in my neighborhood. But lucky for us, there was another distillery less than a block away in the same warehouse area, and they were really nice. So we sat around having fancy drinks. Was everyone else there gross like you? Uh, They were all in their 20s too, but not wearing suits. So so we had a good time, sat there. Uh, A group of 20-somethings, they were all loud and boisterous, were leaving from the inside, Right as I was ordering uh, a round of drinks for me and my sister and my brother-in-law, and uh, they all got up and left. And the guy behind the bar goes, oh, they didn't pay, and starts trying to, like, get around the bar to get over to him. And I had already got my drinks at that point, so then I was walking out kind of with the guy. And he chases after him and goes, excuse me, excuse me, you didn't pay, you need to pay for your whatever. And this one guy goes, oh, I thought my wife paid. And the guy says, no, nobody paid. And he goes, well, my dumb wife was supposed to pay. Why didn't she pay? And Because he's just drunk. Yeah. And this guy's like... I don't know. Can you please just come in and pay? And he goes, well, my... And as he's walking back in with him, he's like, well, my dumb wife was supposed to pay. I don't know what the hell's wrong with her. <laughs> he like, went wow. off on this whole thing. And so by the time he got back inside, the rest of the friends were still sitting out there. And I turned to him and I go, what's with him and his wife? <laughs> and they go, what do you mean? I'm like, I don't think I've ever met anyone that complains about their wife like that to a complete stranger before. And then they are just kind of like quiet. And then yeah. I said... Uh, Glad I'm not married to him. <laughs> and then one person laughed, and then they all walked away. <laughs> well played. So I made him uncomfortable. I'm not a likable person. 
So, do you got any stories like that, Ben? I like you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you got any more stories like that, buddy? Come on, you got to have something. Didn't you have lunch with a friend? Did you get a fist fight? Um, no. Sorry. Do we move on to Gretchen? Ben, do you have anything for Gretchen? Yeah, I up that music. Yeah, it's already playing right now. If oh. I ask you that question, it means it's theoretically playing. Okay. Pretend like you're hearing it. I hate how you're doing this bit where you're sinking your head down lower and lower behind the wall. <laughs> I hate this. I'm getting a picture of it. Just so I can make fun of you and everyone can know what the fuck I have to deal with on a regular basis. I don't know what you're talking about. There. <laughs> Tell us about what Gretchen has to say. Let me see the picture. <laughs> what are you, a teen? Yeah. Oh, I can't believe I have to stop the show and do this whole We're thing. We're not stopping the show. This is part of the show. It is the show now. Are you happy now? Yes. That's what I'm dealing yes. with. You fuck off. Yeah. It's <laughs> a good picture. Thank you. It's going to be the cover of that episode. Nice. Instead of our logo, it's just going to be your head. What does Gretchen have to say? Gretchen's Backyard Blast Bird Blurb. More bird fun facts. Oh, great. Birds can sleep with one eye open, resting one half of their brain at a time. What? So does the eyes switch at some point during the night and the brain side switch? Some birds spend the entire <laughs> winter in the air and even sleep <laughs> while flying. What? Sleep while flying? Eagles see about five <laughs> times more detail than we do and about 16 times more color. Hmm. I mean, which doesn't say much because I'm colorblind. I don't see color. Bang, just hit my mug. Uh, are you colorblind? No, that's bad. Hmm? No, I mean, I don't see color. I don't see race. I don't see color. Oh, I see. You're trying to make a, a topical joke. Yeah. Well, it came out pretty good. Good for you. That was nice. Yeah, right over your head, though, unfortunately. No, not over my head. I caught it. I caught okay. it, and I rolled it around for a while, and I decided, eh, maybe he's actually got a disability. You can't see uh, real colors. And then uh, I gambled wrong. Go on. Owl's eyes are aimed forward, which means they have a large blind spot at their back. It's one of the reasons they need the ability to turn their heads more than three-fourths of the way around. Why bother explaining that? You and I both have the same problem. And yet we can't spin our heads Are they writing the this around. for other animals that don't have the same eyes in the front of the head situation? And those can those animals read what they're writing in this article? Crows are able to solve puzzles. In some cases, they demonstrate an understanding equal to that of a five-year-old human. Oh, I've heard about that. I have a whole thing where I want crows to be my friends. Yeah. And I've been learning about it. Uh -huh. And I don't know if I want to commit yet because it's like starting a relationship. Once you make crows your friends, you have to stay friends with them. You can't get tired and bored. Because if there's down. one thing that a crow likes, it's revenge. Don't cross a crow. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I saw, I'm sorry, I'm going to sidetrack you. I got my own bird fact. Thanks to TikTok, there's this one guy that always gives a sort of animal news or whatever. And he talked about that there's a huge war between crows and owls. Owls attack crows like crazy and just eat them. And they're basically silent when they fly through the air, uh, as we learned previously. Yes. And uh, thanks to Gretchen. And then uh, crows will gang up on a single owl in the sky and kill it. Yeah. It's a whole war. It's like a gang thing. Yeah. All right, go on. Anything else? Most parrots are left-footed. <laughs> What side foot do you think you favor? I'm right-footed. I know that. How do you know? From playing soccer. Oh, yeah. See, sports. Yeah. I'm not a sportsman, so okay. I don't know. Knock, knock. Knock, knock. Who's there? Nobel. Nobel? Yeah. 
This going to involve Nobel Prize? These are starting to get easy for me to call out. Nobel. Nobel who? Nobel. That's why I knocked. Knock, I've knock. got one. What? Knock, knock. God damn it. <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? A herd. A herd who? Oh, you heard something. I heard you were home, so I came over. Yep. I got one. Knock, knock. God damn it. <laughs> knock, Who's knock. there? Broken pencil. Broken pencil who? Ah, never mind. It's pointless. Oh, oh, that's kind of a clever little one. Yeah. I didn't mind that so much. Yeah. I've got one. Another one? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. You scared the Are you going to retell the broccoli one again? No, but that was a good one. Broccoli's don't have last names. Small child lording it over me, the absurdity of the structure of jokes. I was talking to uh, Maggie from Ladies Fry Pod, and uh, Maggie wanted to give us a joke to counter uh, Gretchen. Or compliment Gretchen? I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, I thought uh, Gretchen was the Ladies Fright's favorite part of the show. It is. Why they, they're and, surely not um, trying to upstage her. One of the hosts Or is it just because they're, they're bitter that they found out that's not a real name? Uh, I guess there was a lot of shock there. I mean, it really upset the team. The team uh, had a tough time doing an episode after that. Uh, one of them uh, wants to strike up a relationship with Gretchen because they also enjoy birds all the time. Okay. And I said, I would just love to spend my life gardening with Gretchen and watching birds. Uh, so, you know, that's always hanging out there. So if your mom ever gets tired of whatever the guy is she's living with, wasting her time with, the person that can't even make her happy, uh, there's a young woman in New Jersey who <laughs> wants to start a whole life with you. Um, I, I, just to be clear, they seem pretty happy. Do they? Yeah. Are I don't you want, sure? I don't want people thinking that I was like talking. Or, so you're just making stuff up now. Oh, for Christ's sake. Fine. They just bought a boat. Did they? Oh, well, ooh. What did the man say uh, when he took a dump in the elevator? Uh, who's there? We're taking this shit next level. Wow. I didn't know that that was the punchline, and I'll explain why. <laughs> because Maggie said, hey, I've got a joke uh, for your show. And I said, oh, sweet. And then she said, what did the guy say when you took a dump in the elevator? And I said, oh, my God, you're taking this whole thing up a notch. Now we're going to have dueling jokes on the show. And then she said, taking this shit next level, which I thought was a comment uh, on what I said. Okay. And so then we kept talking. And then finally I go, well, am I going to get the punchline or not? She goes, we're taking the shit next level. I'm like, am I having a stroke? <laughs> What's going on? I am really not on my ball lately. So wait, do you just need me to explain the joke to you? Is that where this is all no, coming I from? No, I get the oh, joke, okay. but in the context of the conversation, it got lost. I'm like, oh my God, you're going to take this up a top shelf. So yeah, taking this shit next level. And I lost the point. The point was supposed to be that that was the punchline. Okay. Well, anyways, just say you enjoyed the joke. Well, I did. I enjoyed also the fact that you didn't get it. So that, that's, <laughs> that's enjoyable. All right. Is that it? Are we moving on? Yeah. Let's go on to the next segment. Yeah! What's up? New books for teens uh, that slap. Yeah! <laughs> and in parentheses, I have fun teen music. <laughs> so that's playing right now. This week... Uh-huh. We're going to learn about a book called Bookish and the Beast. Yeah. By Ashley Poston. That sounds like a modern retelling of something. Oh, well, let's find out if you're correct about that. Turns out you are. It's a tale as old as time, made new in Ashley Poston's fresh, geeky, <laughs> retelling of Beauty and the Beast. Uh, now with a bonus Starfield story? I thought we started with Seinfeld. 
<laughs> I know. We were going through trying to pick out which one we we're gonna like look at. What's a Starfield story? I, mean, I think I think the Starfield universe. I think it's just the oh. universe that this author's created. Since this is apparently the third in a series, the Upon a Con series. Once, once upon a con. Ashley's trying to start her own Tingleverse. So I think Starfield is just where this takes, <laughs> takes place. Yeah, the Tingleverse. Is it a situation where they're just? Like, I'm just going to make a series of romance books that take part in the same universe? Is it a small town where everyone's banging each other? Let's Wait, move is on. This a I thought this was like a... Well, I mean, I know there's some romance in there, but... It's... In this third book... Is it like a budding romance? Of the Once Upon a Con series. With high schoolers. How many series is going on here? Starfield story? It's a Once Upon a Con series? Rosie Well, Thorn. I think Starfield and Once Upon a Con are the same thing. That's what's implied here. Once Upon a Con probably takes place in Starfield. <laughs> Why do you have to have multiple names for the same thing? Just call it one of... Let's move on. Rosie Thorne is feeling stuck uh, on her college application essays in her small town on that mysterious General San cosplayer that she met at Excelsicon? Excelsicon? Excelsicon, yeah. Most of all, she's stuck in her grief over her mother's death. I think this would make a lot more sense if we read the first two books in the series. Should we read the first two reviews in the series? No, I think we should read the, the one. Maybe this is a... Oh, you want to read one of these things. Well, at some point, we, we got to start reading these things, right? You know what's going to happen? If we have anything to say about it, the author might listen. Yeah. Uh, should we just say they're racist and then we get the author listening to it right away? I mean, is this one racist? There's only one way to find out. <laughs> We're gonna have to Call the racist it. on Twitter and see what kind of reaction we get. <laughs> yeah. Thinking about reading... Geekarella, except that it's highly racist. And then see if the author responds with We seem to be good at that, accusing people of stuff. Uh, most of all, she's stuck in a grief over her mother's death. Her only solace was her late mother's library of rare Starfield novels. So that adds a new level of complexity to whatever okay. the hell's going on with this series. Oh, wait, is Starfield, is that like what Excelsicon is? Is that Are they Starfield cosplayers well, or something? A, there's a bonus Starfield story. But that, okay. I am... Not even past the first paragraph, yeah. and we're already bickering over the details. I know. Uh, I mean, it even, sounds like a, a decent story, but she just the author has some troubling attitudes about minorities. <laughs> <laughs> but even that disappeared when they sold it to pay off hospital bills. Uh, on the other hand, Vance Reigns has been uh, Hollywood's royalty for as long as he can remember, with all the privilege and scrutiny that entails. When a tabloid scandal catches up to him, he's forced to hide out somewhere the paparazzi would never expect to find him. Small town USA. At least there's a, a library in the house. Uh, too bad he doesn't read. When Vance and Rosie's paths collide, Sparks do not fly, uh, but as they begrudgingly get to know each other, their careful masks come off, and they may just find that there's more risk in shutting each other out than opening their hearts. Well, with that, uh, that's Bookish and the Beast by Ashley Poston. Uh, it comes out June 1st, 2021 on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, my favorite name, Books A Million, uh, uh, Hudson Booksellers, IndieBound, Powell's Target, Walmart, and uh, what's the last one, Ben? Well, I have to imagine it's bookshop.org. <laughs> bookshop.org is on a mission to financially support independent booksellers. Bookshop.org slash shop slash nozzle house. <laughs> well, with that, why don't we uh, move on to our next segment?
just bouncing your head up and down past the wall like some kind of Muppet. I feel like I'm watching an episode of Sesame Street where you're behind that weird blank wall that they always have to make the puppets come up out of. Hey, yeah. just bouncing your head around. It's weird to watch. You're the one that put the wall up. It's to try and help the echo that was happening in the last couple episodes. Well, we'll see if we'll it works. We'll see what the hell happens. Yeah. I did stick a bunch of towels inside this metal thing, but when I was yelling, you could still hear it. Okay. Walmart! Yeah. <laughs> this week, we're going to read the last half of uh, Speak by Laurie House Anderson. Uh, it was published in 1999. A little bit about the author. Uh, October 23rd, uh-huh. 1961. Yeah. Born was the author. Okay. Uh, Lori Hals Anderson is an American writer. Oh, she's going to be uh, celebrating her 60th birthday this year, then, isn't she? Oh, whoa, whoa. Turned 60. Are you age shaming her? No, I'm just saying that's a milestone birthday. You seem to have a birthday. problem with. Uh, being respectful to people of age. I don't uh, have any like problem with her age. Like I experienced at the place earlier. Yeah. So I guess I'm a little sensitive to that. Anyway, yeah, I don't have any problem with her age. I just, like, I find her uh, attitudes towards Jews troubling. <laughs> <laughs> what if we just start accusing our own podcast of being racist? We get more listeners? Seems uh, to be the key. Uh, known for children's and young adult novels, she received a Margaret A. Edwards Award from the American Library Association in 2010 for her contribution to young adult literature. She was first recognized for her novel, Speak, published in 1999. Uh, ben, do you want to give a non-hilarious and respectful overview of the book? Um, yeah, I do. And I just, first of all, I want to thank you for having me over to your house. And then also, um, could you clarify the comments you had about Palestine earlier? <laughs> you mean that long rant I went on while we drank beer and ate burgers? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that's really appropriate for the show. Just for the listeners' uh, education, we did not have that discussion. Ben is trying to push my buttons. This was your idea. What, to try and accuse ourselves of being racist? Yeah, that's all right. Remember what you had to say about, about the waiter and his quality of service based on his skin color? <laughs> I remember. I remember vividly. And I will not let it go. <laughs> all right, Ben, give a respectful over... Oh, you're really laughing at that one. You like that. Oh, you think it's hilarious when I call you racist. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, give a respectful overview of the book that doesn't involve funny voices because the topic material is uh, terrible. Yeah. Horrifying. I know. Yeah, I don't know why we... It's a good book. I don't know why we read it. I didn't really know we, that we much can't, about the book. When, we can't uh, read good books anymore. Did you pick this one out or did I pick it out? I don't know. Was it, it was just on a list of like uh, classic YA stuff. So. Yeah, so I just kind of grabbed maybe, Yeah, maybe we should vet these a little bit better and make sure they're a good fit for the book boys. Well, the ones I picked out gave a description of the story, so I kind of went over them. Yeah. Uh, if I did pick this one out, I don't think they made the the topic, the point of the book, very clear. Yeah. Or else I would have been like, well, that's you know a good book, but not something that we can laugh and have a great time about. Yeah, which is where we find ourselves again. Yep. Another um, turd episode. So <laughs> Every time we read a good book, it's the worst episode we've ever read. I know, it's terrible. We, surely we've learned a lesson after this one, though. Um, yeah, I suppose. So well, anyway, we we read... do have Go Ask Alice as yeah. one of them, and that's drug addiction. Okay. I know that, so we might want to nix that one. Uh, we well, can I mean, read I, already, it. I already have the book, so... So we're going to have another shit episode yeah. <laughs> where we have to not make a joke and have a good time. I mean, we can, it's if it's terrible. about drug addiction, we can... No, you talk. can't really make a lot of jokes about drug addiction. You can if you if you're like talking about like Rush Limbaugh or something though. Like that's the tie-in. Like, so we're going to try to accuse the protagonist of the book as being like Rush Limbaugh or the know. author of the. Just move just on. use that as an excuse to shit on Rush Limbaugh for being a hypocritical oxycontin. No, addict. sure. No, I can yeah. understand that, but uh, just move on and describe the book. 
Uh, yeah, so we What did we read in the last half? Uh, okay, so speak. Uh, we read the second half of it. Um, it follows the, the second half of the school year mm-hmm. of their protagonist, Melinda. Is her name? Yeah, Melinda. Um, I, I don't know what to really say about it. So she's continuing to do be outcast. Do I have outcast. to do this? This no, is I'm your job. It. I know it's my job. So <laughs> uh, She continues to be an outcast at school. She's having problems with the grades. There's, a, there's a conference the, with the uh, teacher. She doesn't speak at all. Mm-hmm. Um, finally, towards the end of the book, she she finally speaks about her. Yep. Yeah, she was raped. So, yep. which we strongly suspect that long. But it turns out, yeah, that party the previous summer. Well, they did describe it at one point in the book, the actual party she was at, how the guy invited her with some yeah. of his friends over to this party. So in, I was thinking like, oh, my God, there's going to be a huge section of this book describing the night, how it led up to it, what happened, what it was like. And it's going to be painful to read, and you're not going to feel good reading it. So I was kind of dreading it, not looking forward to it. I mean, it's a thing worth reading. It's a good book, but it's just like, ah. I cry at Hallmark commercials. Like, I don't... Things like that are just a lot, and it affects me for a long time uh, in a book. Uh, It was weirdly understated. Um, It it wasn't as dramatic and and discussed as much in the book as I was thinking it was going to be. Uh, it was very practical. It told you what happened, but yeah. it wasn't like the... It was very short, I thought. I was surprised at how short the actual incident was. Yeah, and I think the book ended on kind of a almost an upbeat, positive, like optimistic. Yeah. Thing. well, like, because that, the, that she finally was able to speak about it, and that was kind of liberating for yeah. her. And, and the, so then she is kind of the first half of the book is leading up to that. The second half of the book kind of dives into it right away and then kind of like moves on. Um, and again, I love the writing in the book because it's the mundane day-to-day school-related yeah. stuff is kind of the field that the bigger things are playing on. But the bigger things aren't just thrown in your face, dramatic, like what I'm used yeah. to, like in movies or in books or whatever. It's just like the you know the the dramatic parts are really played up. This is like the dramatic parts are always almost always understated, and yeah. you read more about the day-to-day life and yeah. people and stuff. I should I suppose I should mention like the main kind of driver for her speaking about her experience was that her former best friend started. St- dating her attacker. Yeah, so that's, that's what I was kind of what um because then she felt responsible. Yeah. yeah. So so she sent her a note. Which uh, she didn't it. believe at first. Oh, you're just jealous. Yeah, and well no, finally, she left the note, but she didn't know it was from her. And so then um, later on she went and sat down and there was kind of like this weird, tender, kind of nice moment because the friend stopped talking to her because she called the cops on the party. Like everyone yeah. stopped talking to yeah. her. And then plus she's being very quiet and reserved and everyone's just like, well, you're weird and they don't want anything to do with you. Uh, So she did sit down finally with her friend at the library and was wanting to tell her, like, your boyfriend is dangerous. I left you the note saying he's dangerous uh, and he raped me. And it was like a weird, tender moment where the two friends were kind of like making peace with each other and letting it go and asking how each other are doing and everything. It was like really nice, like weird. Yeah. It was weird. I got a little like emotional. Like it was like, oh, this is really sweet because she spent so much time being like an outcast. Yeah. And then her, uh, then she says like, I, the reason why I called the cops and the parties because I was raped or somebody, uh, a man raped me. And she's like, well, who? And then she wrote down the person's name. Yeah. And then she said, well, you're just jealous. Yeah. And went off in that whole thing. And then I... Unless I'm getting confused, then the big clincher was he, during prom, the rapist boyfriend started kind of molesting the girl on the dance floor. On the dance floor, yeah. And then that's where she moved off to like some of the foreign exchange students. Yeah, she realized he was a creep. And then the big clincher was all these women in the women's restroom, or the girls, whatever, female students, in the women's restroom were writing graffiti on the wall saying like the stuff that he's done to them. So well, yeah, like and she, everyone. Melinda started that. She was in the, the stall in the restroom and wrote, like, uh, 
Andy Evans was that his name? Yeah, yeah that's Andy it. Evans is yeah. a creep, and then everyone was like writing blood. Yep, yeah, he's a total creep. He's a monster, yeah. or whatever. And then I think the big climactic scene in the book was um, Melinda had over the course of the school year found like an abandoned janitor's closet that mm-hmm. made it her little hideout. So she had a yeah, there's like a chair little, in it, and a yeah, lamp chair, and, stuff, and yeah. like she would just go in there and read. So she wouldn't have to be in class. And um, her attacker Andy found her in this thing and tried to assault her again yeah. so and then the like the lacrosse team heard her shouting for help and kind of yeah that was the big moment yeah. because uh he busted in saying you're ruining my life you're the one that's been spreading these lies i didn't rape you you wanted it and yeah. all the stuff she <clears throat> and then she started to have the speaking issue again because when in fear or any kind of like confrontation and stuff she starts to not being able to speak so, in this case, she finally was able to scream no. It took a build-up. It took a while, but then it was finally happening. And then he started hitting her in the face, and then she broke something, like a vase or a cup or something. Yeah. It had a sharp edge, and she held it to his throat, and then he couldn't it speak. It was the mirror. There was, like, a, oh, mirror. a mirror. There was, like, a sink in the mirror. She had, like, a poster over the mirror so you could see the mirror, but she, like, hit the poster so the mirror shattered behind it and then grabbed one of the shards of glass. Yeah, and then held it to his throat. And then yeah. the big the big uh, symbolic thing was that he couldn't speak because of his own fear of what she was doing. And then, I guess because of her screaming, the lacrosse team opens up the closet. And yeah, uh, and my first thought was, well, now they're all going to be like, oh, she's a monster. Look, she's holding this guy at knife point. But it worked out in the end, and they understood, and the whole story came out. And then... Um, but then what I liked about the book, it wasn't an instant reversal of her fortune. There was, like, now she's not the outcast anymore. She was still sort of a little bit of the outcast. It's just that people weren't so mean to her. And I was like, this is a good book. Yeah. They, the author did a really good job kind of showing the realities of what this kind of stuff is like. Uh, and I don't know. It was weird. It was a good book, yeah. It was a very good book. Not a lot we can say about it, so no. we can't make fun of it. No. I can't claim that it's racist or anything, so yeah. we don't have that kind of cliffhanger. I'm not going to do a Louis Anderson voice and read a passage <clears throat> from it. No, there's no passages we can read out of this. No. Christ, we should probably find something. You gotta read something. I'm not gonna It's the format of the show. Not out of this book. Oh no. Okay. Not out of this book. So, Ben, uh, let's go through our list. We already kinda talked about the overview and what happened. Uh what sucked about this? Sexual assault makes you feel horrible while Yeah, I'm not gonna say anything about, about this sucked though. But No, the yeah. book is very, very good. Yeah. I have nothing bad to say about the book. But reading it makes you feel horrible. Uh I guess that part is what sucks. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's good? The book, obviously. Yeah, good still looking up shit on your phone. Well, I'm just uh, yeah, I'm trying to, for my segment. What the hell? I don't really have anything for what the hell. Oh, I guess for what the hell, they were really focused. This was done in the late '90s, so maybe it was a different world then. Uh, with my teenage daughters, they don't care about their bedrooms. They don't care what it looks like. They don't care how it's decorated. They don't care if it looks modern or if fits their age. They just sleep in it and keep their stuff there. Uh, maybe it's just my kids not having souls. But uh, in this book, a teenage girl's bedroom is an extension of who you are as a person, and it's a lot of talk about that. Yeah, well, yeah, that's how it was 20 years ago. What was her name that wanted to get with the, uh, not the Heathers, but the Marthas, or what was it called again? The group of girls that were Marthas? Heather was her name. She wanted to get with the Marthas. Oh, look at that. I was was close. Yeah. Uh, And Heather ditched her to spend more time with the Marthas because the Marthas didn't like her and said, you know, stay away from her, so she did. And then the Marthas all got sick or something. And Heather had to spend time with her kind of against her will because there's no one else to hang out with since all the Marthas were homesick. And went over to her bedroom and said, like, I'm going to decorate your bedroom. We're going to do all this stuff. We're going to put teal, like, carpet or something in here and just all this kind of crap. And, uh, and basically, that was where she put her foot down and goes, no, we will be doing none of that. Because uh, the bedroom, the bedroom is a really weird big theme about who you are as a person. 
I thought yeah. that part was kind of like a weird. Uh, would we recommend it? Sure. Yes. Yeah. I think I want to tell my oldest daughter to get over herself. If the school recommends reading this, just go read it. It's actually good. Yeah. Sad, terrifying, but good. Now, let's go to uh, Ben's Corner. You got anything you want to read since we're not going to read anything and make jokes about anything? There's nothing hilarious in this book. Do you find anything else you want to read? Yeah, you sent me a link for the 100 best funny poems and limericks. So I picked <laughs> one out of there. <laughs> and I picked The Plot Against the Giant by Wallace Stevens. Oh, well, there we go. And I picked this one because it was much shorter than the other ones I clicked on. They were ridiculously long. A lot of pretentious poems. I pretentious watched, funny yeah. poems. I'm sure this is too. Just write a book at that point. First girl... When this yokel comes maundering, I don't even know what that means. Whetting his hecker. Is it meandering? No, it says maundering. Meandering? M-A-U-N-D-E-R-I-N-G. Maundering. Maybe it's an old English version of spelling meandering. Whetting his hecker, I shall run before him, diffusing the civilist odors out of geraniums and unsmelled flowers. It will check him. Second girl, I shall run before him, arching cloths, Besprinkled with colors, as small <laughs> as fish eggs, the threads will abash him. These are disturbing girls. Third girl. Oh, la, la, pouvet. <laughs> I shall run before him with a curious puffing. He will bend his ear then. I shall whisper. Did you say a curious puffing? Like breathing weird? I'm going to breathe yes. weird. And with a catch curious his puffing. <laughs> he will bend his ear then. I shall. i with my asthma. I shall whisper. <laughs> Heavenly labials in a world of gutturals. What? It will undo him. Labials? Yeah. I'm not going to belabor this. Go on. No, that's it. That's it? Yep. Can you read that last line, uh, line one more time for me, please? Just as a personal favor? It will undo him. Nope, go back a little bit further with the labials. Heavenly labials in a world of gutturals. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to speak out loud what my mind imagines from that sentence, but um, but thanks for reading that, Ben. That was very nice of you. I just wish there was more opportunity to do voices on there. I think you did pretty good by having these three different women speak like 1920s news announcers. Ben! Uh-huh. <laughs> what are we going to read? Something about your head behind the wall. It's just driving me crazy. What are we going to read next? Do you I don't, th- know. don't tilt the head like that. Baby Island? I don't know. Oh, Baby Island. Yeah. I got to make sure I can get that on the Kindle. Okay. That's right, Baby Island. If what you can't get it on the that? Kindle, you can get it from bookshop.org and you can financially support independent booksellers. Bookshop.org. I hope there's an audiobook for Baby Island. What's the story behind that again? I forgot. A woman gets stranded. Yeah, I, I on think an some kids get shipwrecked or something and there's baby. I don't know. There's a baby. Just hilarious, just adorable toddlers spilling all over each other. Can't wait to find out. Trying to get fresh water. Yeah. Well, with that. <laughs> uh, and maybe in two weeks, I don't know if this weekly thing is working. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> I'm going to be doing, uh, for my thing, uh, there's an author, Serena Dory, who is a nice lady, nice enough to lend me an entire book of short stories. I am so tired of reading Charles Dickens. Uh, good works. Entertaining, especially for its time when I'm reading uh, public domain stuff. A lot of it's just impossible to read out loud. Uh, and so his is easy to read out loud, but 
long, really, really long. I started that thing in January. I was still <laughs> doing it up to like last couple of weeks ago. And like, and I'm I'm not even halfway through the book, so I'm like, I think I'm just moving on. But Serena Dory is nice enough to let me uh, have a book of her short stories. Uh, this one I think is going to be about uh, a space alien woman, and uh, it, the last one was about an area uh, a fairy that grants orgasms. So uh, I think I'm just going to do a month, a Serena Dory month. Okay. So if you you know want to do every two weeks, I just get to cram in more Serena Dory and uh, okay. and uh, milk that for everything I possibly can until I have to go find something else to read. Okay. Yeah. How about in two weeks? We'll talk about uh, Baby Island. Baby Island. All right. Well, with that, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks. My boys! Thank God. You know, the noise gate didn't prevent that from hitting me in the face like like a truck. If you liked what you heard on this episode of The Book Boys, how about you check out the website? Go over to nuzzlehouse.com. There you can see all of the previous episodes of The Book Boys, as well as Glenn's other project, Leaves of Glenn. Also there, there's a link to our affiliate shop at bookshop.org. Bookshop.org slash shop slash nuzzlehouse. Bookshop.org is on a mission to financially support independent booksellers. Also, find us and follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Insta. Now, careful, this one's a little backwards. We're there at House Nuzzle. Not Nuzzle House. That's House Nuzzle on Twitter and Instagram. Go ahead and slide into our DMs if you have any praise or suggestions or complaints. We'll take anything. Please just pay attention to us and interact with us. Thank you for listening.